But tonight, I'm going to be speaking to a very good friend of the show, uh, somebody who's going to be making a cameo, a rare cameo appearance, uh, Mr. Lukonam Guni, political analyst. You know that we've had a lot of conversations around uh, various political issues with Lukona, but as we find, come to the end of the month of August, the month that has been dedicated to women and, of course, uh, issues of gender equality, uh, I'm going to be speaking to Lukona Mguni, and I'll be making strong reference to a uh, to a uh, an article that he wrote recently that was published in the Sowetan uh, that really deals not only with gender roles and how they manifest themselves, but but the psychology behind the oppression of women, especially at the level of the genderization of sex. Yeah. He writes some very powerful stuff. For example, he says, For as long as women allow men to use sex as a weapon to divide and undermine them, all other gains of gender equality will soon lose value and not gain the much-needed traction to advance women forward in our society. The basis of all equality must be on the deconstruction of the historical myth that women are only good as providers of sex for men. Uh, he continues, he says, the bedroom politics are quite basic. Men continue to enjoy and perpetuate their masculinity. Women are seen as agents of pleasure for men, while some women remain silent, unable to voice out their concerns when the sex is not good. Ultimately, leading to broken relationships at time, many couples find it hard to discuss sex, and most excuses I have found for this is that most women do not want to hurt their men's egos, thus shortchanging their sexual satisfaction. Women who register their dissatisfaction with their partners are seen as too bold, too assertive. Most men problematize this, yet it is a sign of liberation. Yep, Lukonam Guni is with me this evening. When I come back, we talk about sex, the genderization of sex, the silence of women about their dissatisfaction in the bedroom. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation. We're not talking that kind of politics today with Lukona. We're talking about the um, politics of the bedroom. It's 15 minutes after 11 o'clock. When I come back, I'm going to speak to Lukonam Guni. 702. 702. Call us on 011-883-0702. Joining me on the line, Lukonam Guni, political, independent political analyst. And he joins me on the line. Lukonam Guni, good evening to you, sir. And wow, what a pleasure, what a privilege to have you uh, back on the line with us. Much appreciated. I want to go. Evening, Aubrey. Uh, <laughs> what a good time to uh, join in with you. Absolutely, I, sir. I, I suppose people want to hear the conversation with you in the house. And, and I'm saying that I can't be on loudspeaker because... You know. <laughs> it's one, let's talk about sex, Lukona. You, you make some, some serious assertions here in your article that was published in the Sowetan. Um, women are human beings, not sex tools, you say. But you seem to suggest that the politics of the bedroom uh, are manifested in all other sectors of life, in the corporate life, in political life, in just general society. Talk to me about that. Well, Aubrey, the, 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 the issue that I really raised there is quite a simple one, and it says, 
if we don't deal with the power dynamics of sex, yeah. we will not deal with how men first encounter, as you said in your introduction earlier, the psychological part of encountering a woman. And this seeks to say, when I enter a boardroom and I have a meeting with uh, colleagues that are female, uh, as a heterosexual man, the first thing that I go for is to say, um, is she beautiful, is she curvaceous, wada wada, before I am interested in encountering her knowledge. And when I encounter a man in the boardroom, really my thoughts are not around that. My thoughts are literally around the question of are they going to overpower us in discussion, are we well prepared and all of these things. So you really worry about the substance of the matter rather than uh, just worrying about uh, the, the looks and aesthetics of the person in front of you. And I'm saying, Aubrey, if, if men, I mean, you, you, you know this, at times men say, to their partners, yeah, you are a managing director in your company, not here in the house. Yeah, I, I am. I'm in charge here. Yeah. I'm the head of the house. Le- and and Ayla. <laughs> yeah, Ayla. You know, and and this is made possible because the man is still engineered socially uh, to think that the woman serves. You know, uh, I know a, a, prof- a professor of mine used to say, we have a concept of men being necks and, and, and uh, women being necks. and men being heads. Men being heads. She says, no, 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 this thing is problematic. And sometimes I sit at weddings and I just watch all these things being said. Mm. But our, 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 our doctrines of marriage really see the woman as uh, providing this um, uh, 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 emotional... Uh, support to the men, you know, and 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 part part of it is really about the sex. Or then in that article, I say, look, I mean, there are even names attached to uh, uh, men who are quite promiscuous in being. Uh, we call you a stud, Aubrey. We call you Isoka. Uh, we, we we call you, you know, you the man because, yep. you know, you told us that over the weekend you had two or three women in yep. your bed. Uh, but if a woman does that, she's likened to what I said there, I can't even mention, but, you know, she's likened to a female dog and all these other things. And And this is because society has constructed a situation where uh, sexual behavior is not equal and women must be subservient to dictates of men. I even stretch it and go as far as saying, uh, and people think I'm joking when I say this, but you know, it's a serious political statement. When I say, you know, uh, I, I, I wish for the day where a woman can uh, lomola me, you know, mm. If, mm. If, that, if that must happen. And uh, you get a situation where in a woman might desire marriage her entire life, and that is what she really believes she's coded for, but she can't receive it without a man making a decision to marry her. And some women end up actually really uh, sacrificing their ultimate dreams, their ideals, and just taking the little that they can have because I don't have time anymore. I might as well just say yes to this man. We'll find a way to make it work. And it never really works. And we keep scarring each other. It keeps becoming, you know, a very difficult thing. 
uh, that uh, I am in a loveless marriage. I'm in a marriage that I never desired. I only got married because this was the only opportunity that I ever had to get married. And I'm saying, Aubrey, in as much as the boardroom politics, your 50-50 principles, uh, targets on leadership in the office space, and all these transformational agendas, if our conception as men of women is not re-engineered to appreciate them as full human beings uh, in a way that even our practices towards them allow them to do certain things that we will not hold against them. And I talk literally, I mean, that article, I remember the sub-editor of the Sweden at the time, this was about three years ago and I wrote that article there, uh, when we had a meeting about it, she was like, hey, look, on, are you seriously going to publish something like this? I ah, you'll see when I send it. And, and, I say to, and I say in the article, you know, even uh, the positions during the sexual encounter, um, if a man uh, sees a woman who wants to be on top on the first sexual encounter, he's like, hey, 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 hey you, you're another kind. Why, why are you so wild? Hey, why? why, why yeah, too forward. forward. You know, why are you so forward? Who taught you this thing? You know, sometimes women have been watching YouTube and they want to experiment at home and they get into trouble. Who taught you these things? Hey, you are sleeping around. You have another man. Blah, 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 blah. The ego of the man is such a priority to an extent that we are allowed to have concerns that become policy in the bedroom, and women literally retreat in most times. I know that times have changed, Aubrey. Women are much more vocal. Uh, women are much more assertive. But they still do this with a great uh, instance of, you know, taking precautionary measure that hey, even if I'm hurt, I don't want to hurt him to such a point that he will, you know, dump me and all of these things. So literally, I mean, in all, uh, when it's all said and done, uh, these gendered roles during the sexual encounter are actually undermining the advances made. Uh, in the boardroom, in the workplace, and so on, because ultimately our conception of women remains static. It has not transformed. Uh, it has not moved because we just see sexual beings. Yep. O double one eight eight three zero seven zero two. I'm talking to Lukona Mguni. He's saying some revolutionary stuff here. Eh? I mean, one of the things he says in his article, he says here. You know, look on. I wasn't aware that this article was written in 2013. Yeah, I saw August. I didn't see 2013. So wow. Okay. So these things were said quite some time ago, but they are quite apt. Look on. says things like women should reach a stage whereby they can propose men for marriage, make sexual advancements, and take the commanding position without being labelled loose. Women should unite and refuse to have sex used as an oppressive tool against them, whereby they are made to give sex in exchange for promotion and salary increase increases. Men have a duty to participate in this movement for sexual liberation. Without sexual freedom, the gains of gender equality in other spheres will be inadequate as men will continue to have a superiority complex over women and their bodies in society and i suppose that's what it's all about eh, Lukona? it's about a superiority and an inferiority complex i would like to invite calls from women who consider themselves to have i suppose a robust sexual appetite right that have had to uh to mute it to put it on the back burner because you were afraid that you would, uh, you would hurt your man's ego. You would uh, be 
challenging the status quo a little too much, such that you would be understood as being an overly forward, perhaps even loose woman. I'd like to have that call. But here's my thing, uh, Lukona. I've got a feeling that I'm not going to get those calls. Because each time we talk about these issues, and I suppose it has to do with the fact that it is me and you as men talking about these issues, there is a very loud silence, particularly from women who are not willing to say, yeah, I feel oppressed at a sexual level and that oppression is, is playing itself out in the boardroom, in the workplace, in our politics and all of those kinds of things that you are saying about this phenomenon. So I am challenging you women out there, 011-883-0702, but I'm also challenging the guys that would love to be lobolad. Mm-hmm. Look, says that he would like to be lobolad. Would you? In this day and age of the liberation of the genderization of sex, would you be willing to stand up and say, I am going to pay lobola for you? Or, Lukona, should we be getting rid of the very idea of the purchase of affection, uh, of the purchase of relationship through um, uh, institutions such as the dowry, ilobolo, and all of those kinds of things? Those are the questions that I'm putting out there for my listeners. Here's a question for you, Lukona. A caller yesterday by the name of Tabizo from Soweto lit up my mind with a very interesting concept. Yeah. He said to me that what has happened generally, and he was talking more in the economic sector, in the economic scene, let me say. He said that the realities of capitalism, the uh, hierarchies of capitalism, capitalism, the oppressive nature of capitalism has been touted, has been presented to all of us as though it is the natural way of things, as if economics is a natural science. And he says, but it is not a natural science. It is a social science. And I understood him to be saying that, to, to be saying to me that these are, are engineered realities rather than natural realities. Could it be that perhaps in our conversation about gender, about the sexualization of relationship, the genderization of sex, that we are perhaps caught up in the idea, particularly by those that have bought into the idea of patriarchy and its misogynistic nature, that this is the way of life. This is the natural way of life. And that when people like you who are activists in that sense come uh, and try to change this conversation, you are seen as trying to change the natural order of things? Well, well, certainly. I mean, we, 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 we are tempering with the order of things as we have inherited them from the past. And it's quite true. I mean, all of these things are social constructions. Uh, human beings in a state of nature are really that. And I think... Um, as some of uh, the, the writers that have come before us who constructed the social contract, uh, human beings in a state of nature are very appetitive. And, uh, you know, they, they, seek to, they, they seek to achieve certain desires that they have in society, uh, not only sexually, but in terms of their own human advances. While we believe that we are 
all human beings are born equal, but we are endowed differently in terms of talents, knowledge, disposition, and all these other things. And therefore, we desire different things. But we then temper with each other's own desires by determining what is acceptable and what is unacceptable and all of that. Now, um, we are tempering with, with an inherited logic of existence among uh, genders in society, Aubrey, and I often say um, a political freedom in any society tends to allow other freedoms to thrive. I mean, Aubrey, you will know that uh, 15, 20 years ago, the idea of divorce, and especially among black people, yeah. was really, really taboo. Yeah. But today there is an acceptance that, you know, a woman cannot stay in a relationship that they do not like. Uh, the growth of gender-based violence uh, tells us that we must encourage people to get out of relationships and marriages uh, that do not work for them. And in the first instance of signs uh, that signal a propensity for violence in the alternative partner of the person, they must be able to pull out and society must not judge because we risk that person dying in the hands of their lover. And and I think if you look at Johannesburg's uh, statistics as a, a one of the you know modern cities across the world uh, uh, growing, but democracy really uh, uh, being encultured in that uh, space of our society, an economic hub of the country, and it is starting to catch up to cities like your London and your New York in terms of divorce patterns, because partly divorce in a democratic state might not on, might not necessarily be, as some people say, an indication of moral decadence. Um, but it probably is an indication of thriving uh, democracy and people's choices and boldness to stand up to what is wrong and what they do not like. Because in the past, women could not work as much as men did. I mean, the society was very much clear. There was the domestic, the demos, there was the civic yep. where political power lay, and then there was the market. These were the three spheres of society historically, whether you are in Europe or wherever. And, but as time changes and women's participation extends beyond the demos, the domestic, and, and they can now be leaders in society. They can work, they can have... Uh, 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 suffrage uh, rise. They they can they they and and, and you know they they participate in these movements for franchise. You know and they can be voters. They can determine the direction of the country and so on. So yes, over all of this, the democratization of a country is a disruption of inherited logics of existence. And chief among those is not only the idea of capitalism that must be disrupted, but it's also its inherited things. I mean, if you look at people like Bell Hooks, they talk about a, a patriarchal capitalist uh, system because you can't demarry or decouple uh, these things of gender. And this is where the idea of intersectionality comes yes. in to say that women generally in society suffer a double or a triple jeopardy. Uh, where there is race involved, they suffer as black human beings, but they also suffer as women. And of course, if there are other class dimensions involved, they also suffer those class dimensions. If you look, for example, and I've been doing a lot of research work uh, in rural uh, places in the country over the last few months, and we find that if we look at poverty, as the statistician general has been highlighting in the previous weeks, and you look at unemployment, the people that suffer the most are the youth and women. So women always have a, a, a higher degree of suffering than the men, yet 
research has shown, and I mean, uh, interventions like the, Gram, uh, the Grameen Bank in, in Bangladesh have, have shown, is that if you intervene in society and you target women, you are most likely to increase education levels because they want their kids to go to school. You are likely to have a much more stable society because women are going to make sure that the youth, which is their children, are going to be developed and, 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 and so on. So we, we need to disrupt these inherited logics and patterns of, of, of society, hierarchy, and all of that, because they're not just hierarchies in terms of class. They are hierarchies in terms of race. They are hierarchies in terms of gender. And so, yes, maybe I agree with Tabiso's assertion that uh, uh, literally these, these are indeed the calls to disrupt. And, of course, ourselves, we are not natural, uh, we, are, we are not natural companions to the struggle for women emancipation because some women will say, look on you yourself. <laughs> Uh, you enjoy certain privileges that come with patriarchy. And I may not be able to say that they are wrong, but it's a learning and unlearning process, and mm. we must commit to the to the struggle to unlearn. In as much as I might enjoy that, you know, when I get home, I, I, I should ideally, but of course not now, because there's no such possibility. I should ideally enjoy getting a plate of food uh, fresh from the microwave, my feet put up <laughs> in the lounge. But I mean, I, I must disrupt that notion of enjoyment in my head. Yeah. I must challenge myself. I often say, oh, we grow up in societies that define for us what we should believe in. When I grew up, I was never told by my parents, by my grandparents that, look on, by the way, you could fall in love with a man. Mm. And so this teaches us, you know, uh, if we talk about uh, the, the sex uh, issue in a much deeper way, uh, we grew up in societies that predispose us to be actually homophobic. Yeah. But we, as we grow up and we attain consciousness, we make decisions not to abide by those principles because we see a bigger picture. It is the same thing in this gender struggle. But what I find interesting and curious, Aubrey, is that women themselves, when you make these propositions that I make, they say, ah, that is too radical. I still want to bulobolwad. It's still nice to have courtship. Uh, it's still nice to have chivalry and all these kind of things. Roses, breakfast in bed, open the door for me. All these things that people say are romance are actually reinforcing these gendered dynamics in the bedroom. Give me a call. 11 uh, on SMS 31702 and, of course, on Twitter at 702Aubrey. Uh, I'm also available on WhatsApp. The number to send your messages on WhatsApp is 072-702-1702 as I speak to Lukona Mguni uh, about uh, a, a very interesting issue, how he distills the very large, uh, I suppose, broader gender issues but he distills them and really breaks them down into the issue of sex yeah uh, where he has written an article all the way back in 2013 he says women are, are human beings not sex tools and i'd love to hear from you uh are as lukona seems to be suggesting those activities that we consider to be romantic chivalrous yeah um the the rituals of marriage ilobolo the dowry uh, the opening of the door hey eh? uh, all of those things have they now come to the point where we must now look at them and study them against the 
possibility that they are perpetuators of the continued oppression of women. I'd like to take your calls on that. Or are we taking this too far? I'm also intrigued by the silence of women in conversations about this. Yeah? Um, uh, Lukona seems to be saying, he says that men continue to enjoy and perpetuate their masculinity. Women are seen as agents of pleasure for men, while some women remain silent, unable to voice out their concerns when the sex is not good. Do you think that that's what this is, Lukon? Um... We have these conversations and invariably they become conversations with men. And we have these robust debates as guys. But I find that in that conversation, women are absent. What do you think the reason for that is? Is it in any way connected to what you assert here that uh, this perhaps has something to do with women uh, not wanting to be seen to be overly forward, uh, overly assertive, uh, that they are still good girls? Look, look, uh, obviously, I think a number of issues are involved there in terms of silencing uh, women. You know, in the student newspaper in Edinburgh, I, 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 at the University of Edinburgh, I came across an interesting article about how uh, men's, uh, how men are so focal that, in fact, they even suppress women inside the classroom so that they feel they can't say anything. Now, you are talking about a classroom of equals, yep. where people are doing master's degrees or undergraduate studies or whatever, in a seminar, and they should feel like they are equals because it's really about the intellectual stimulation. But because of how men conduct themselves, women feel that um, in fact, I'd rather be quiet rather than uh, expose myself to an offensive uh, by a male counterpart or a, 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 and so ah. on, uh, whether because they want to show off that I am wrong and want to disprove at all costs, even if there is no argument and so on. Now, if I, I take that incident or that discussion, and I have now seen a number of articles that actually deal with this question of uh, inequality in the lecture room in universities yep. where it shouldn't be because those are spaces of knowledge and spaces of thriving. But it's not surprising if you look at what especially Western philosophers have said about women. I mean, some of them have asserted that a man drunk from wine uh, is actually still better than a sober woman in terms of making argument. Now, if you take that and you take it to these type of discussions, not only is there a sense of not being politically correct for women to come out in these discussions? There are other cultural uh, 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 sort of disincentives that make them to say, well, if I'm seen as over vocal, not only will South Africans feel this way about me, but my family hearing me make this argument might start thinking that I have lost the plot, uh, I am no longer attached to family values, because these thoughts, Aubrey, about how women should behave around men are not only embedded in our social construction in a political sense, but in our religion as well, yep. um, in terms of the teachings in the church, in terms of the cultural teachings, in terms of uh, the political understandings. And therefore, women are compounded by these many institutions that really make their silence fashionable. I mean, we are even taught that if a woman has something to ask, 
at times even in the church she must wait until she's home and ask her husband but you wonder what about the woman who has no husband to go back uh-huh. look on i'm going i want to stop you there i want to stop you there some interesting <laughs> questions coming through on sms by the way give us a call i really would like to hear your thoughts about uh, how Lukona Mguni has, amongst many other variables that must be acknowledged in the conversation about gender, gender equality, the genderization of sex, the sexualization of relationships, Lukona Mguni has identified but one of those variables and he talks about it in the, in the sense that it is a sexual situation. And I'm interested to take your calls on that. On 11 I'm... I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to take a break so that you can think about it, Lukona. But listen to this uh, SMS. Uh, Zondo in Yeovil uh, on SMS says, Braops, the wedding song, Can I not wash and cook? Right? Because um, the song, loosely translated, says that the bride is ours. So there is a possession of the bride. And the song continues to say that she will wash and cook for us. And I suppose Nkanyi Sozondo is suggesting that it is songs like that which are, uh, which are rooted in the culture that says that the bride is a possession that must do certain things for us and Nkanyiso uh, Zondo says can I not wash and cook and it's an interesting thing Lukona what the symbols of washing and cooking actually mean in the conversation I'm interested to hear your thoughts about this but here's the question for you uh, and I don't want you to answer it now I want you to answer it after the, uh, the break our perfect wedding <laughs> very popular very very popular uh, show on television yeah uh very popular i'm going to be asking you why are they so popular O double one eight eight three O seven O two. When I come back, I'll be taking your calls on O double one eight eight three O seven O two as I speak to political analyst Luko Namguni, and he is putting sex under the microscope. Sorry. SMS seven O two on three one seven O two. You're with seven O two. You're with seven O two. Your number one news and talk station. My guest is Luko Namguni and uh, he has distilled the issues of gender inequality, the issues of uh, the oppressive silence um, from women uh, when they themselves are, I suppose, sexual beings. Yeah. Um, And the question that I'm asking, uh, if you see and understand yourself as a sexual being and you're a woman, have you felt, I suppose, oppressed into silence, both both verbally, vocally, and I suppose sexually, such that you have not really laughed all of your laughter? Yeah? I'd like to take your calls. I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, our perfect wedding as perhaps a a symbol of the continuation and perpetuation of those values 
that uh, are under the spotlight here with Lukonam Guni. I'm interested to hear his thoughts about that. Um, but I'm looking at some tweets that have come through. Owanda Umuntu says, or at Perfect Cookham says, when I tell my female friends that I would love my future fiancé to pay Lobola for me, we get into a heated debate. Interesting. I would love to hear from you ladies. Yeah. Um, the issue of paying. If you're a woman at the restaurant out on a date, it's also a bit of an issue sometimes. Give me a call. Those roles that keep you as a minor, that continue to infanticize you as a woman, uh, where you are expected to be the receiver of, I suppose, favors at the restaurant, where you are expected to be the passive uh, enjoyer of the sexual encounter, uh, Lukona says those issues need to be understood a little bit more and understood that they have got uh, 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 the character of playing themselves out in other aspects of life. I'm interested to hear your thoughts around that. Uh, and to more Lufigile in, um, uh, on uh, Twitter says interesting topic about gender dynamics by Lukona uh, on 702. Indeed, uh, Lukona, OPW, our perfect wedding. Turned on his team. Why is it that they are so popular? Aubrey. Yeah. Um, but you know, my God, go way to see. Yeah, <laughs> Look, I, 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 I mean, uh, the, the, the funny thing is that, you know, culture, because culture becomes something that we own and it becomes an embedded part of our identity, it's very difficult to let go of it. So we we tend to protect it, uh, overpraise it at times as something that defines who we are. And generally, a lot of what we call culture is often a tad bit outdated. And of course, it takes time to really move. I mean, how many things have you heard that it's un-African to do X, Y, Z? But then you say, but of course, there's not even what we call a, an African culture because mm. within Africa, there are so many types of cultures. Mm. And, and we need to highlight this to make the point that human beings are by nature uh, not homogeneous, uh, very, very much uh, different in, in conception and in practice. So if you look at shows like Our Perfect Wedding, uh, if Temu, by the way, was very popular on the first two weeks. I, I don't watch much TV, but, you know, because okay, uh, with Twitter and Facebook, we get to watch even those things that we do not watch. Yeah. Um, I got the sense that this Temu was popular in the first two weeks. It had an ideal part to it. And you, you know what makes things like that a trend, Aubrey, and become fashionable is also the issue that says, there aren't too many good men out there. So because women say there's a type of men that they are looking for. So if, look, three or four of us have to settle for this one good man, then so be it. We all get to have a share of something good than settling for someone that is not up to the standard that I am looking for. But then, of course, people started realizing the frustrations of his team, with the sense of control of the men in terms of uh, time that women had to be back home, in terms of how much money they spend on certain issues. Uh, but also, of course, if you've, if you've, if you've lived around this team, which, which I have mm. from a family point of view, uh, you get to see the dynamics between the kids of different women and how that affects 
uh, and create discord in the family and literally can break apart a family and so by the way is tembu is a polygamous uh, marriage uh, by the way yeah po- 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 polyg- polygamous marriage yep. in particular polygyny yeah uh, and 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 you know you you grow up not desiring some of these fights that ensue and very petty but people end up aligning but because some women over and I, and I've friends you know who have admitted to this you know you you get married because you you love the idea of a wedding day yeah. uh, they say that the wedding day is not about the man it's about the woman and what she wants so yeah. the man must give in yeah. and you, you you this is problematic over because literally someone makes so valuable a commitment about their own lives because they want to see themselves in a white dress, taking photos, mm. uh, posing, and all of this, planning this grandiose uh, day, and, and, you know, bringing Ooh. people together, and being... And, the, the, and the expense! Look on! Listen, I want to read you. I want to read you. <laughs> I want to read you some SMSs, and then we've got to take a few calls. Oh, double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Look on, I'm Guni. Is my guest. He says, hi, guys. This, this uh, SMS uh, says, hi, guys. I'm a woman. Supreme. I mean, really, uh, uh, him being on top all the time is monotonous and boring. Change your bedroom styles and have a good time. Him and her, says this person. Zonda says, uh, in culture and religion, patriarchy is protected because we want to conserve these teachings. Women are God's afterthought. Uh, oh, women are God's afterthought in the Bible. The helper, says Zondo. Um, and uh, men must improve their attitude and behavior towards women. Men uh, just can't distance themselves from their sexuality. How, inappro- how inappropriate it may be, says this person. I'm not really sure what that means. But I want to take a few calls. Lefa in East Rand. Hi. Sure, Mr. Sure, Lefa. I'm good, thanks. Go ahead, Lifa. Sure. Um, um, I don't believe to say women are sex tools. Ne? Yeah. With one big, big reason. Ne? If you take time with the person that you're actually in a relationship with yep. and come to a, a thought of having sex, I believe to say you're having a 50-50 agreement, ne? and as yet women can't be sex tools because of monga, if you never mastered your game in the bed and bang they become sex tools. Hmm. You believe me? Yeah, well, Lifa in Eastrand, it doesn't matter what I believe, man. I'm interested to hear what you've got to say. But Lifa in Eastrand, thank you very much. Thank you so in Soweto, hi. Sure, thank you so, go ahead. No, then here's the issue then. If if a, a woman agree to get married, say to once you agree to come in my family and be a Makoti, it means you are allowing yourself to be subjecting yourself in that particular system. Ne? Yep. So you cannot now then after also Ulikamo family then you come with your own ideas on how the family should be look like and stuff. Oh, everything so, so what you're saying to me is ketile ketile you can't uh, you can't bring any you can't bring any variations to this that's it it's that's how it is huh? you see my problem is always women complaining about hey patriarchy blah 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 then if is that the case yeah why are they accepting the law on the first place they only ridicule patriarchy 
only when it's us as a man. But when it benefits them, then it's okay. I mean, yeah, you're saying it's it's, hypo- it's, it's hypocrisy. Let, let, let us get rid of it completely. Not only take the small portion that uh, benefiting them, and when it comes to when it benefits us, then they start to complain and say, hey, Patrick, blah, 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 blah. No, that's nonsense. Thank if you so much. Thank you, Baba. Let them get rid of it completely. Thank you, thank you so in Soweto. Thank you very much for your call. Lukonam Guni, yeah? You respond to those uh, to those thoughts. But before you do, let me read you some uh, WhatsApp mes- <coughs> messages. The Zulu nation will fall if the women were given the privilege you guys are talking about. I think it's more about each playing their role than hierarchy. Uh, and then somebody says, hey, Raymond, here I'm listening to the gender equality topic. How will we be equal if most women use a man for financial gains? Single, though, I don't understand why some women just want too much too soon. Lukonam Guni, finalize this conversation for us, my brother. <laughs> Very difficult to finalize, my brother. But, I mean, uh, let, let's put it this way. Some of the things that men say women enjoy from men is because they've been culturalized to to enjoy those things and expect them from a man. We live in a world where women work, they 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 literally are self sufficient and they do not need a man particularly to put food on the table, to feel confident about themselves, to gain some life security in terms of just food security, you know, in the past because women could not work and they needed to feel, you know, uh, that they could raise their kids in a normal environment and in a home. And for that to happen, they needed a man to an extent. And and, and now that that is disrupted, it, it then means that uh, women, you know, to be patient. You are patient, you, you go the extra mile, uh, you stay and you try your level best to work things out, even if it is not working out. You hold the old copy on the... On the sharp, sharp end of the okap, yeah? You, you know, and, and you keep hitting, hoping it won't stab you back on the hand. Yeah. And, and, and you know, all these things have now been undone because we know that women can literally stand on their own, be on their own. They earn more than their husbands at times and so on. Uh, so I, I think to round off really is to say this conversation must go on. Yeah. Uh, we must continue to unlearn the things that we have learned, all of us, both men and women. I mean, when someone says the Zulu nation would fall, uh, they literally say that the nation stands on the base of patriarchy, and if patriarchy is then uh, dismantled from society, then the Zulu nation falls. Maybe, maybe it will fall, and maybe it must fall, and rightfully so, for the realization of people's freedoms. If we are freedom lovers, and I think I'm a freedom lover, if yep. we are freedom lovers, we must be willing to say how do each, uh, how does each and every person in our society gain their freedom to the extent that they want to live their lives without harming the rights of others? And I think that we still have a long way to go in terms of undoing the things that we have inherited from our cultures, in terms of understanding certain dynamics. I mean, I know of a, an old man who says to me, you know, when my wife arrived at home, 
uh, women were expected to cook all the meat. Now, in some cultures, there's meat that is cooked in the kraal. Yep. There's meat yep. that is cooked by women. And then she would be. She she went. No, 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 no. This is not for us to do. Where I come from, men do this, and I, we are not going to do this. Uh, so take this to the men. Look and on. The men were reluctant, but they allowed themselves to. I've got to. Change. I've got to so stop you there because we we've come to the end of our our discussion. I hope you won't be so scarce. But listen to this SMS from uh, Matepo in uh, Mierde. He says, "Wow, Aubrey, what a sober discussion." As a fifty-something-year-old woman, I agree with Lukon Namguni's analysis. It is liberating that this topic is being analyzed by a man. Uh, somebody else though says ironic also how this conversation is between between two men <laughs> Look, Guni, it's always great talking to you sir i'm sure that uh, you are going to be back again on the show because i love the way that you talk about issues uh, and uh, may you continue all of the great things that you're doing much appreciated sir Okay, it's always a pleasure. I'm sure we're going to catch up Absolutely. sometime soon and uh, have a good discussion yeah, once absolutely. more. Absolutely. Lukonam Guni, uh, political analyst talking about sexual relations, gender relations, 